Welcome to the Digital Landlord Podcast. Each episode, you'll be hearing from leading experts in the property industry. They'll be discussing strategies, insights, and real-life stories about how to be a successful modern landlord and how to use technology to manage their property portfolios. And now for your host, CEO of Lenlord.io, Aviram Shaha. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Aviram Shaha, the co-founder and CEO of Lenlord, and I'm the host of the Digital Landlord Podcast. And I'm very excited as today is our first episode in a series of uh, very interesting conversations with uh, well-known, well-experienced property uh, uh, people from the property business. And today I'm so happy to have uh, with us Jamie York as our first and special guest. Jamie is a property entrepreneur, property investor, businessman, uh, trainer, great culture, and many other things. Uh, so happy to have you here, Jamie. Um, I appreciate that, mate. Uh, really good to be on. I'm excited to talk about property, tech, growth, everything, and hopefully I add a load of value to yourself and your audience, but we'll see, right? Over to you. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Uh, yes, so, yeah, you know, if you look at the recent years, um, especially since, I think, COVID, we see uh, many companies starting to adopt uh, more uh, technology, and we see the crop tech uh, industry is also evolving. And but before we speak technology, I thought uh, just you know to ask you because you are many years in this area of uh, real estate property investments, and I wanted to ask you why why did you choose specifically property rather than other investment? Oh, I, I I'd love to have like a. I did my technical analysis and all of that, but the, the reality is I, I grew up around the tools, you know, so my dad was a, a central heating engineer, a lot of my family are laborers, plasterers, all of that sort of thing. So I, I grew up, you know, using my hands um, on property, refurbishing for other people, that sort of thing. So then when I was at uni and uh, I was, you know, studying, I watched a lot of uh, Homes Under the Hammer, and uh, you had, I think it was Martin and Lucy, oh, and, and uh, I watched it all, 10 a.m., wasn't it, uh, during the day, and uh, I just become obsessed with it, and I remember thinking, like, these people going on there, I, I saw Martin and Lucy as the experts, right, they'd ignore all of the advice that they give them, and they still made money, and I thought, yeah, if these idiots can do it, I can do it, right? And then, uh, yeah, so, so I went out there and uh, screwed it all up. <laughs> Never screwed it all up, so it turns out it was a little bit harder than what I thought. But, yeah, so I started getting property. Um, I lived in London at the time. I bought my first property up in Burnley, and uh, it was £21,800, a three-bed mid-terrace property. And uh, it, it, was, um, it was terrible. It was awful. It was 200 miles away. <laughs> shit area, shit property, and uh, it just didn't go well. So then I stopped for about three years at that point because it just knocked my confidence quite a lot. You know, mindset plays a huge amount in business. And I started looking at some people that I admire and, you know, role models and stuff like that because I didn't really have a male role model in my life growing up. 
So, and I noticed everyone that I was drawn to seemed to do something in property. And I thought, well, let's do some analysis around this. So I looked at the different things and I just thought, wow, I always thought property was about rich people getting richer. And I didn't have any money, you know, at the start. So it was just like, well, actually I figured out, yeah, it helps being rich. You know, if you start with a few million, it's easier to make the next million. And I just thought, you know what, I can see me being good at this. And I've always been better with my head rather than my hands. So I just started grafting and did one property and then another one and then another one and then two and then two and then three and then three. And it just scaled up from there and, you know, ended up where we are today. Amazing. Sounds like an amazing journey. Okay. So thanks, Jamie. So my next question is related to technology. And it's very interesting for me uh, to know... If you had a chance to take advantage of technology uh, during your property journey, and uh, if you can elaborate, if so, when it was, on which areas, and uh, perhaps you know some examples from your experience. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, te- technology is a really interesting one. Like I, I think because my age group, I'm 29 now. Um, you know, started well, got my first one when I was 19. And then stopped for three years and then from 22 to now built up where we are. And I kind of took uh, technology for granted a little bit because I grew up around technology, right? So there's pros and cons of that. First of all, because I've grown up in the tech age, maybe I don't appreciate it as much. But because I grew up in the tech age, I've just naturally adopted to it. So at the start of my journey, probably the first couple of years, I didn't use much technology, and honestly, it's one of the biggest mistakes I made, I think, because, again, I thought, well, why use big platforms? Why use this? You don't need CRMs. You don't need analysis tools, all of that. Just do it yourself. You know, I was very much a Excel spreadsheet. That's, that does the job, right? Um, and it, it was actually awful. It was a terrible idea, and it really helped build up from then. So I, somebody said, one of my mentees said that data is the new oil. And the amazing thing that we have right now is this abundance of data that everyone's uh, able to bring in and extrapolate um, like that. You know, whereas um, you talk to somebody 30 years ago, like even reading a book, you know, Google um, is very recent in the grand scheme of things. You can access all the information in the world. And, you know, before you'd have to go to a library to find out information and things like that and order the book and go back a week later and get it. Now, software and this tech now has allowed that to happen automatically. And I I think that's the game changer in the companies that my size now, so we'll do probably 5 million um, in the next 12 months. If If you go back 30 years, how big would that team have had to be to create that, do the research, the marketing and all of that? But we've got 16 people, including myself and my business partner, Dan. And it's like, what? That's, that's insane. And it's all because of tech. And, you know, we, I mean, we originally met through tech, right? The Landlord app. And before that, I'll be honest, there's some amazing tech out there. And I, I, I use also I use the EPC register. I'd use property data, um, street check. Um, obviously, the listings, growth, um, Zoopla, historic listings. I'd be searching um, land reg. And I thought I had it at Sust, right? And the, the reason why I was using all of that sort of stuff is they're all powerful, incredible things. But I'd never found something that had it all in one place. 
And then uh, Landlord was really quite unique in the fact that I, I don't quite know, like, I think it's one of those things you have to go on to fully understand the experience of there. And obviously we're on a podcast, so I can't show it. But um, the fact that you've got the all of that data in one place, like the property data, all, all of those things extrapolated, you've got growth patterns and capital growth predictions that you can manually override. But on top of that, you could put your own portfolio on there. Um, you can analyze the portfolio, assess it. Is it really doing as well as you thought it would? And then linked in with that, it's kind of like um, Experian or credit expert for the property world. So that's been really interesting as I've sort of played around with it more and more. The fact that I'm able to go on there and actually the program's sort of almost flagging. It doesn't literally say it in these words, but it might as well just go, hey, that property you've got there, there's better products available. And the fact that you've got that and it's so intuitive is so powerful. So for me, I've um, I've always valued money. I, I love money. I really do. Um, but as I've become more wealthy and bigger, I've appreciated the fact that money comes and goes. It's, a, it's abundant, like, you, you know, including derivatives, cryptos, all of that. There's 1.2 quadrillion in circulation, which is 1,200 trillion. Even real money is $38 trillion, right? In circulation on a daily basis, it's insane. And what I've realized is the only truly depreciating asset is time. And for me, that's what tech gets me. And so Landlord and the, the other stuff that I'm using is, is bringing all of that information into one place. And like what I love is you've got this now. Everyone used to say as long as you've got a laptop or a computer, but now it's you've got this, a smartphone, you know, and once you can go into an app and see everything, multi-million pounds worth of stuff going on in one app, the world is changing at a rapid rate and it's either you need to get on it or get off the horse completely. And I, and I, I strongly believe people should be getting on and, and really embracing technology because it is accelerating. It's scary, but in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I agree with you and I agree with you. And I think that you mentioned the mobile. I think that the, the mobile reform, I would call it even, because once the, you know, people started to use smartphones, you know, at Landlord, we have a slogan that we call it, uh, carry your portfolio in your pocket. <laughs> Basically, the, the entire data is available for you instantly from any, any place at any time. And I think this is the, the main change. And this, and, you know, of course, also the way that you can now use cloud computing and store data in the cloud, if it can help companies like Landlord and others to help, you know, Landlord's property investors to be much more efficient and uh, to get access to the data that they need at the right time. Yeah. So, um, the, the, the industry is, um, we, we use a fruit analogy quite a lot in that you're either ripening or you're dying, right? And the, this industry is going for a momentous shift right now, you know, with blockchain and stuff like that. Solicitors, like a property purchase taking eight weeks. You're asking the same bloody questions that the last person asked. It doesn't need to do that. It can be done in days. Um, and tech is carrying that. So when you've got things like this, blockchain, all of the other stuff going, it, it really is. You are either over the next, if you're a landlord, listen to this, whether you've got one property getting your first or you've got 10, you are either going to explode over the next 20 years 
or you'll sell your properties and just fizzle out and go get a job. And I, I genuinely believe one of the decisive factors within that is getting on board with technology. It, it will explode your growth, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so my next question related to um, the our analyst, analyze, analyze model. And, you know, when we came up with our deal analyzer, it was after conversations we had with uh, users. And we started to understand that when they look at uh, new potential acquisitions, they don't necessarily take into account all the parameters. Yeah. And, say, uh, and, you know, for me, I believe, you know, I'd love to hear it's from, like, how you look at it. Like, it's better to be conservative and take into account, you know, even if you look just on the purchase costs, when you are now going to purchase a new property, you take some buffers to understand what costs you are going to be and going to be associated with this purchase. And then, of course, analyze it to the long term because it doesn't make like because in property, uh, you know, you have the property appreciation, so it's so so much important also to, to take a look, put some assumptions, base your assumptions on data, and then take a look. Okay, how this investment will be look like in ten years, and also you need to track it year by year or even month by month. And see, this is like our vision at Lendo is to help property investors make better decisions based on data. And this is the data analyzer that I know that you use, and I like to did a review on that. Um, and I wanted to ask you, when, like, when you analyze a new deal, what are like the metrics that you uh, look at, and uh, how you think that other property investors should analyze new property deals? And which yeah. data they need to access? Okay, yeah, there's, there's quite a lot in that, really. But the, the, the first thing is that growth part. So we as humans, not just in property, um, we're so greedy, right? And greed is good. Greed can be good, I should say. The problem is we also want instant gratification where we want the reward today. So a lot of newbie investors, you hear the term, I want below market value, 15, 20% below market value. Can you get those? Yes. Will you get those? Probably not. You, you know, like the, you, you don't need huge discounts. And what you need to understand is that property is a long-term game. Are you buying a property just based on where you're at today is ridiculous because it's not okay. It's not, it's not a bond. You know, uh, when you buy a government bond, you know what you're buying it at, you know, the coupon rate that they're going to buy it back from you at, and you know, the rate you're going to get in, in the middle. It's pretty much guaranteed shit all around. There's a gist of it. Right. So of course there are risks, which means there are no guarantees. There are assumptions. But I always say, you know, pro property data in general, house prices has been measured since the doomsday books in 1066, 1086, sorry. Um, and, you, you know, the, the value of the land in the UK, you could buy all of England or all of the UK for about 70,000 pounds back then, right? Um, so up to now, you know, people say on average it doubles every 10 years and you've got the 18 year property cycle. I think it's annual growth of 7.9% on average. Now, I always say that the past doesn't guarantee the future, but around a thousand years is a good bloody indication. Yeah, that, I think I think if we could all agree that's a good amount of evidence. Doesn't mean every year it's going to go do do seven point. No, you're going to have fluctuations, going to have up and that. But you can be conservative instead of saying seven point nine percent. How about five percent? You know, because the long term is going to be that around that. I think. So you're looking at something called the IRR. 
in properties, the internal uh, rate of return, right? Um, which you never hear people talking about. But if you've got a finance background, and I, I studied in finance, you know that is one of the most important figures. Nobody talks about it, right? Why? 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 Like property, the real money in property is actually in capital growth. Yes. Now, the thing is, because of the property courses out there that's getting and targeting newer people, which is great, there's more of a focus around the uh, cash flow, right? Because it's about creating that financial freedom that we're trying to create. So, yes, it's good to measure that. Um, the return on, I, I call it the ROCE, return on capital employed. You could call it the ROI, return on cash invested, whatever. They're all the same terms. But a lot of people talk more about yield. And yield for me is a comparative measure. And people forget that. Like, yield only makes sense to you if you're comparing it against another yield. So it's, it's a very quick indication. If you buy a 100 grand property and it brings in £7,000 per annum, 7% yield. Right, okay, cool. That doesn't mean anything. Does that mean what you're going to get in your pocket? No. No. Well, people are obsessed with that. I'm looking for this yield. Why? And it's because it's compared against something else. It's a comparison metric. So for me, I completely agree about being conservative, um, you know, but, but also don't be too conservative. People put contingencies on top of contingencies and con on top of contingencies, and you end up killing all your deals. Now, the reason this data is so valuable and you should, and everyone should be playing around with this, and I did, this is one of the first things I did on the Lendworld Analyzer, actually, is I played around with short term, i.e. the next year or two return on my money, if I got like a 20% discount and all of that. And obviously you make more money if you get that massive discount. But then what I also did is I looked at the returns at 5% over 30 years, because my exit from property is death. Like I am not selling these. Okay, I'm going to refinance and my, my kids, my grand, and it will create a legacy. So, you know, and, unless something ridiculous, but in general, when I die is when I leave the property portfolio. So why do I give a shit what happens in the next two years in the grand scheme of things, right? And what I saw is that around £120,000 property, give or take, is going to be worth around that half a million in the 30-year time, uh, time um, 5% growth. So do I give a shit if I got 20 grand off today? Oh, the difference between 480 and half a million the, the key is buy good properties, not unicorns. Get the unicorns when they come. But so many people are obsessed with the unicorns. And I go to them. I know people with a million pounds in their account. And I'll start with a million. And very roughly speaking, they'll go, I'm looking for X still. And I'll talk to them a year. And now I'll go, how many did you buy? Oh, two. Why, how many did you buy, Jamie? 20. And they're like, oh, yeah, but these are my deals. I go, great. Let's look at my 20 properties where the average property has been putting in 50 grand, right? So it's actually about 40 grand, but let's call it 50 to make it easy. So what's happened over that period is I've got 20 properties that are worth, to keep the numbers easy, an average of £100,000 each. Now they're bragging about the two that they got 20 grand off of each one. 40 grand, right? See, if you know the market and you know the statistics, you'll know it's a less conservative, you say 10% growth. It's actually more like 12 point something in my area of growth in the last year. So that £2 million portfolio has just made me £200,000 on top of my cash flow. So the cash flow itself, you know, it's looking after me. Those 20 properties make me another five grand a month. 
happy days are 60 grand. But the real money is at 200,000 pounds. And so why am I a smarter investor than the average person? Because I have access to more data. And the more data you have access to, the easier it is to predict things. It's so easy to make opinion-based decisions. But if you are an investor, you are a numbers person. Whether you like numbers or not, you better fucking learn how to love numbers. Numbers are your friends and they don't lie. And that's the key. And they're, they're, that's what I look at, Avi, when I'm looking at, I've got a very long-term mindset. Does it look after me today? Does it pay me today? Yeah. But that's why I'm able to buy so many is because I understand the long game. I'm not looking after my pennies today. I'm looking after my millions tomorrow. Yeah, it sounds great. I think numbers, you know, if I look at our vision at Landlord is we wanted to provide tools to property investors as investors. So, you know, you, you have many property management softwares out there uh, that can help, you know, and it's very important to use them to, you know, to manage your tenants and tenancies, to interact with your, with your tenants, uh, to collect the rent, and we have some of those things, but what we wanted to add on top of that is the financial. So like to, to look at the numbers, so like to understand where are you going with your property business? Where will you be in 10 years, in 20 years? Uh, and this is something that is so important and uh, not all the time you can see landlords or property investors actually think about it or, or look at their data or their own data and look uh, for the long term. Um, so connected what what you just um, said. You know, what, one more thing on that, Abby, because I think it helped. Like, yeah. your success in business, your success in business is direct cor and your investment, sorry, are directly correlated to how you manage your emotions. And I'm a very emotional character. I am. Like, if I get heated, I'm like, ah! If I love somebody, I'm really in love. If, I, if I'm driven, I'm really driven. It's just who I am as a character. And so, like, the good news with that is if, if you're my friend, you've got a great friend in me and I'll, I'll always be loyal and things like that. The downside is if I get emotional, you make stupid decisions, right? Now, the reason that's important in this is I found data manages emotions. So if I know the 18-year property cycle and I have the data for that, there will be a time where the values of property dip. It's not an it, it's not a uh, will that happen, it's when it will happen. But I know it will happen and I'm okay with that. And guess what? Like, imagine you do your weekly shop, right? Or you, your petrol, your petrol right now. Fuck, it's like one pound 50 a litre over here in the UK. And you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm, I'm gonna fill my tank up, fill my tank up. You don't go, mm, I don't know if I'm gonna fill my tank this week because it might actually drop to £1.20, right, next week. You don't do that. You fill your bloody tank up because you want to get it moving for you. And it's the same in, in business, you know. You, you don't wait around for a 100 grand property to be 90 because the thing is, you know those people that are going, there'll be a recession that's going to, you wait, you wait. They're going to be right at some time. And five years from now, when it happens, if, you know, it could be three, it could be five, it could be ten, they'll go, told you. And it's like, great. Meanwhile, they've waited all this time. But you don't panic in those moments. You don't go to do your weekly shop and Asda or Tesco or Waitrose, whatever goes, you got 50% off this week. You don't go, oh, my God, all those previous shops that I paid for. You're just like, yeah, man, I'm now going to buy double. Same as property. You know, you want to keep consistency. It's not timing the market. It's time in the market. And then just make hay whilst the sun shines when it does dip and double down on your strategy. 
and data allows you to manage your emotions during that process. Yes, and you know what? For this point, if you cons- like you like use the word consistency, then it will average. You know the the um, you know if you see growth and declines, basically yeah. you keep doing your uh, property business, your purchases. Then you know also this will be you know averaged at some point. Yes, um, it's a old, really old school book, multiple streams of income. Um, Robert G. Allen, and the, uh, this is the first time I read about it. You wrote that about 4,000 years ago. Um, but uh, it's dollar cost averaging, right? Is that instead of, say you've got three grand uh, to invest in stocks over a year, you don't go three grand, you do 250 a month because you cap, capture the odds. Yes. Yes. property. You don't get a million, go fucking buy everything now. It's buy one a month, keep it going. And then, and then by the time you bought them, you start refinancing and you check. You just carry on doing that and building it up. So, yeah, I completely agree. Yes, absolutely. And um, my next question for you, uh, what is your best tip uh, for, uh, you know, if we have listeners that are just starting now in property or, you know, they have already one or two properties and they want to start being more active, mm-hmm. you know, research, look at opportunities, start to, do more purchases and grow the property business. What would be your best tip for them? Getting down to one tip's really hard because I think there's a couple of different angles. But I'll, I'll, I'll give a couple if that's okay, Avi, and you can edit them out if you don't like them. So, <laughs> no, I don't. I do. so number one is, again, analysis. I, I don't want to carry on just talking about numbers, but understand your data. So that when you are going in, putting in offers, when you're raising finance, because property is same as every other business. You've got the product, um, which is the property, and you've got the money. And every business, you have to raise capital, right? I'm sure landlord did the same. I had to do the same with investors at the start. And now I use my own money once you build down. Every business is that, every business. So that's every business, money, product, simple. The more you understand your product, and in this case, the numbers, the analysis, the more confidence you've got going out there um, to get your properties and put in offers with confidence and to raise capital and know what you can pay an investor. You know, people go, I've got a 15% deal. This is amazing. Well, that's cool, but you're paying 12% to your investors. So you're making a 3% margin, which is still great if you could do that on scale. Whereas I might be able to go out there and get a 10% return deal. And you might go, well, that's, that's nowhere near as good as a 15%. Well, what if I've got my money at 5%? You see, I'm actually making more. Everyone's got an ego around the turnover, but profit sanity and cash flow is king, right? So it's remembering those things. And then kind of an oxymoronic point, but life is short, okay? And Gary Vaynerchuk said, um, it was like an interview, he just said, what's your one tip for motivation? It's like, you're going to die. It's like, <laughs> but, but it's true. You know, people so often wait for something traumatic. And, and genuinely, this is a good point. A lot of people, investors, that finally call us up and go, hey, Jamie, can you help me build my portfolio over at Aspire? Uh, it's because one of their family members died. And they've seen that life is short, right? My, my dad died when he was 38 years old, which is shit. But I'm 30 in two weeks' time. And in my head, I've got if I've only got eight years. How am I going to live it? How am I going to invest? How am I going to grow? How am I going to think about the kids down there? You know, things like that. Um, life is short. So don't act like you've got forever. 
Um, don't act like you've got forever. Make some fucking decisions. I promise you, making a little mistake, and you will make plenty of them, building your investment portfolio is much better than not having a portfolio. I screw up all the time, by the way. I'm years and years in. Avi, you're a, you're a successful business owner. I guarantee you screw up on a daily basis, just like I do. Part of the journey, of course. Yeah, yeah, and, mo and most of your growth comes from that, remember. So it hurts more, but you grow more from the, from the mistakes and the downsides. Now, flipping that around, also remember that life is long. And I know that can seem a bit contradictory, but some people, when you're pushing and you are taking action, I want you to have that urgency. But also remember, like, if you're in your first six months of this, it gets easier. And, you know, so many, and the reason I'm saying that is so many, most people that I've seen starting the property investment journey give up in the first six months. If you give up, it will be during that time. The first year is hard. The second year, even harder, because you think you're about to start making real money. And then you realize now you've got more expenses. Same as business, every business. Now, you know, it's easy now where I'm like, yeah, I'm clearing whatever, like I'm clearing seven figures a year. It's like, but it took six years of graft, like real graft to get there. So remember life short and be urgent about it because you could die at any moment. So instead of dying, make sure you live and make decisions for now rather than delaying it to tomorrow. But also remember, life is long enough that you can make mistakes. And whether you are 29 like me, 39, 49, 59 or 69, you have got years left to make mistakes. Um, and if you don't believe me, research some of the most successful people out there. Ray Kroc, Colonel Sanders, um, you, you know, Warren Buffett. Time has been their friend. Time has been their friend. And so they're probably my three top tips, a bit of mindset, a bit of urgency and a bit of analysis. Yeah, I hear. By the way, I hear one Buffett speaks from your mouth a lot. Like this, if you, if you, if you know, like things about think about the long term. Don't be panic if you see you know a decline. Oh yeah, stuff like those principles are so important when you invest, not just in property, but in everything. Property. In, in yes. everything, yeah. Like um, he he says like you you know if you're you, you want to pick your you pick your investments like your wife or your husband. It's just like you, you're going to have shit times. You're going to have arguments. You're going to have times where you're not even attracted to them anymore. And it, it, it's just like, what, are you going to fucking dump them because they haven't had sex with you in a couple of weeks? It's like, well, you're going to get rid of your property because one tenant didn't pay you rent. It's like, don't be ridiculous. And it, it's why I believe in fundamentals in investment. So he says that he's like, well, I'm not trying to buy bad companies. I'm trying to buy companies going through a bad time. And, uh, and there's, it's a completely different context, right? And uh, somebody in an interview went once said, why are you better than everyone else? He says, because I'm old. And they're, they're sort of laughing. He said, no, seriously, he was like, there are better investors out there. I've just been doing it longer. It's like, that's it. I've just had the power of compounding. And if you are blessed with, you know, I've, I've, I realize how privileged I am at 29 to be in this game. So, that, I mean, honestly, if you're 40, 50, you are blessed to be starting so young and you've got so many years of compounding ahead of you. And, you know, if, the, if that did Warren Buffett okay and he's cool with that, then I'm good with it too. Makes sense. And tell me from the, the other side, what you would say to, what would be your tip for, uh, let's say, a landlord that, you know, already owns several properties for many years, you know, just getting the return, start to be active, you know, stop to be active and 
do you have something like that can help him, you know, like, or, you know, because then you can easily start a stagnation or something like that in a property business. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. So, so again, with the data, like it actually becomes more important as you grow. So, you know, you, what you need to be doing, now, I, I think monthly data is good. And I think what landlord are doing about having data, uh, the access in the palm of your hand is incredible. Um, you know, your portfolio uh, in your hand as well. I really like that. But ultimately, um, I, I, I do T12s. So T, what, T12 in business is a trailing 12. And what that means is the last 12 months of data. So I, I will look at this pretty much every day, if I'm honest, like my T12, because the great thing about having that data is it updates and loses a day, gains a day, right? But every year I will spend a good couple of days looking over my portfolio and analyzing and going, what am I missing? And honestly, you'll be shocked at stuff that I've looked at over the last two years, but because of the new knowledge that I've got, there's a couple now that I've owned for a couple of years where I'm now building a house with the land on the side of it. Never saw it there, I don't understand. Like you look at it and it's like, it's so obvious that's what I would do. But every day you look at life with a new lens, right? And a, a new set of glasses on because you've got the wisdom of yesterday carried forward to today, which you don't have. And imagine every year you're doing that. You, you and, and do this for every business, you know, let landlords in the early stages and blow in people's minds. In a year from today, Abby, you will look back at landlord and go, that was shit. That was rubbish compared to it. And five years from now, you'll look back two years from now and go, that was rubbish. And that's good because we're all fruit. We're either ripening or dying, right? So don't get complacent with your portfolio. The, the next tip I'd give in this is investment. This, the, the great thing about investing in property, um, and I'm not talking about real estate investment trust. I mean, your own property rather than investing in stocks is you have an impact to the system. If you buy shares in Apple, you're relying solely on other people doing what they do. Whereas when you own your own property, you control it. When you own your own business, you control it. So my number one tip is never get confused about why you own money. It's not because you have a house or a business, it's because you have an exchange of value. And unless you've inherited money or you won the lottery, the reason you are rich is because you add more value than the average person. That is it. Uh, so when you see somebody in a Lamborghini or something, don't be jealous. They have contributed more to the world than you. That's it. And so with your portfolios, when I'm doing it review, yes, I'm looking for different strategies, but I'm also going, what would add more value? So this year, what I've realized is I've got quite a lot of properties with outdoor space. And a really hard thing, and a bit of a weird example, but it, it will make sense, is People have been really lonely these last couple of years, right? Really lonely because of the shit storm that's been going on. So what I've started doing is I've started increasing the rent by £100 a month uh, for new people and allowing them to um, come in with a dog, right? Really small thing. And, I, and I've put little, like, uh, if they want a kennel at the back or whatever it is, I'll, I'll facilitate that for them. Because people want companionship right now and hardly any landlord will allow pets. So suddenly I'm adding even more value because I'm thinking about the user. And rem remember, it's like these actors that become famous and then treat their fans like shit. It's like you do realize you're famous because of your fans watching you. Yeah. And it's the same as our tenants. The reason why we're allowed passive income is because we have great tenants making our houses their homes. And don't ever forget that, that your business is your customers. And that's it. 
and then you'll build up and you will be successful. It, I genuinely believe that if you consistently put your customer first, you will have a successful business. Great insight. Yeah, it's so true. Like in uh, basically in, in any business, but also in property, because your tenants are your customers. So, so true. Yeah. 100%. Whoa, such a great tips. Uh, Jamie, thank you so much. It was, um, you know, great speaking with you. Uh, so much, um, so many insights, great insights. Uh, I look forward to, to speaking with you, um, you know, in, in our next uh, season. <laughs> yeah, no, ab- absolutely. You know, I, I love what you guys are doing. I hope this has added some value to your audience. I know this is going to blow up. You know, you you guys are just really at the forefront of what you're doing. And uh, I, I always think you're either, you could see yourself as a guinea pig or a pioneer. And I think you are the pioneers of the new age of tech. And I'm so excited. I feel really privileged to be relatively early doors looking into this. And really, I'm excited to see where your platform's going. So thank you for having me on. And I'd definitely love to come back, you know, in six months, a year, see how you're getting on and go from there. Thank you, Jamie. It's great to hear it from you. And um, take care. And uh, thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And see you in the next episode. We hope you got value from this episode. Please remember to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app to be updated with future episodes of the Digital Landlord Podcast.